Welcome to Inclusion and Marketing, the show that's all about giving you the skills and insights you need to win the attention, adoration, and loyalty of more consumers, especially those with differences that are often ignored by brands. I'm your host, Sonia Thompson, a marketer and a person with a lot of differences. Let's get to it. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insight from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. These days, we hear a lot of talk about Gen Z and how they are different and ways that brands need to work to engage them. While all that is important, Gen Z isn't the only group that make up the customers that we serve. As we dig deeper into the world of inclusive marketing, it's important to keep a view of all the people you serve. That includes the people from groups everyone talks about and focuses on, like Gen Z, as well as people from groups that are often ignored. Belonging is for all, not just for the popular folks. So to dive a bit more into this topic, I brought in Bianca Blake, co-founder of Clicker, to have a really enlightening discussion on this. Let's get into it. Hey, Bianca, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing all right, Sonia. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. All right. Well, tell the people, who are you and what do you do? So I am Bianca Blake. I'm the co-founder and marketing lead at Clicker. Clicker is is my company, as I just mentioned. (laughs) Clicker, we exist at the intersection of software development and marketing. So we work in a couple of different ways, but our primary capability is that we've built a software that supports companies in sending text message communication. We also have a software development arm and a marketing strategy arm, but we've put those two things together to commercialize this software that helps people, as I mentioned before, send bulk text messages. Okay, so why should business leaders start thinking more about text messaging as a part of their marketing mix? I mean, we hear people talking more and more about texting. I see a lot of people online, particularly in the online world, saying, text me, text me. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. quite done that yet, but why should more, um, more of us start thinking about texting, text marketing? Well, it, it is a channel, just like all of the other channels in the marketing mix. So it should be used appropriately, right? It's not going to completely just replace your entire marketing mix. But the reason why business leaders should start thinking more about text is that it is a way to cut through the clutter of a lot of the other messages consumers are being bombarded with these days, right? It's intimate. It gets you much closer in to your audiences. It's simple. It requires much less production. It requires, you know, literally a few characters of text, (laughs) right? And one of the things that I think people are overlooking is that it, it does not require you to create an account, log in and a password and all that. It doesn't require you to download an app. It doesn't require a smartphone. Literally, it is very, very simple. It's alphanumeric text messages, right? 
And it, it rides over a federally regulated infrastructure, which is the, the telecom infrastructure. So unlike private companies who commercialize apps and all of the questions around what are people doing with my data, so on and so forth, texting literally goes over a federally regulated infrastructure. So you, you, you can worry a little bit less about who is this company? You know, what are they doing with my data? How is this app using this? Oh, I got to click this little button on terms and conditions I didn't read, it is the, the same telecom infrastructure that we use to make phone calls. So it, that is a little bit technical, but it, it does matter. And I think the more and more people start to understand and, and, and become more engaged with conversations about first-party data, I know companies are concerned about it from a compliance standpoint, and audiences, consumers, patients, et cetera, are starting to be more concerned about it. So I think that that conversation is at the beginning, but it's only going to get more intense as, um, you know, the the powers that be start cracking down on companies about how they're using data. Absolutely. It's fascinating. I think there's a lot of different things to consider. Now, as we start to think about texting from an inclusivity standpoint, I know that as we're a lot of business leaders and marketers are thinking about making sure that they're broad, they're broadening the generations that they're trying to speak to. They're most often thinking about the younger generations that grow have grown up with digital, like Gen Z, soon to be um, Gen Alpha, even probably some of the younger millennials. But you sent me a statistic a little while ago that kind of stopped me in my tracks where it says that one third of people over the age of 65 use a smartphone. And I found that mind blowing. And the more that I thought about it, I was taken back to some research that I did with a client late last year, and they were trying to get um, folks in their network vaccinated for COVID. Mm -hmm. And they were asking them about text options and the people who are older that I interviewed they were very open to receiving to text messaging. And I was like, oh, like that, I was really starting to connect the dots. And I thought that why, why is this, this, this statistic and this kind of insight about older generations, why is that so important to marketers from an inclusion standpoint as they're starting to think about how to engage and reach everybody in their audience, not just the younger generations? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and, it's, and it is um, fabulous to see statistics come to life, isn't it? Like you read <laughs> yeah. them and then you see it and you're like, oh. And even yeah. if you think to yourself, you can probably think of someone you know that's over the age of 65, maybe someone that's 75 years old, and it begins to make a little bit more sense. So the statistic is from, I believe, Pew, the Pew mm -hmm. Research Center. They did a study and they found that about a third of people over the age of 65 do not use a smartphone. So about two thirds of them do use a smartphone and a third of them do not use a smartphone. And we're talking about a group of people that, are that as, you, as you mentioned, are not digital natives, right? So they had to learn all of this technology. They had to learn apps. They had to learn, you know, touch screen phones, et cetera. They've right. been on this entire journey. And a lot of them are not forced to do so for the sake of their careers, right? It's, they, they are using these technologies to help them connect with friends and families more in a social environment. So their desire to, <laughs> to become, you know, digital experts is kind of, is meh, you know, it's not like, well, I right. have to do this for work. They just are like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. There, there's not the same level of, um, of motivation there. So it, it is important. These consumers are consumers. They have time. A lot of them have 
resources. You know, many of them are looking to engage with your services and your products, but are they going to download an app on their smartphone? Are they going to create an account? Are they going to be the most, you know, some of the things that we take for granted, even as a software development company that we take for granted, oh, you just upload this file or you just create an account. Yeah. Imagine, imagine the, the folks that we're thinking about managing passwords. Imagine us managing passwords. Imagine anybody having to manage passwords when you create an account. So I, I'm not going to pick on my 65 and older friends when I, <laughs> as I answer this question, because that, that statistic is true. But I will say this as far as inclusion is concerned. Not all people, adults in America, have smartphones. Right. A lot of people still do use feature phones for, for a variety of reasons. Right. right? Feature phones being the ones that you have to you have to push the <laughs> button multiple times to get the number, right, right. The letter you want, right? And and the ones of us who do have smartphones, some of us do not have enough memory to be downloading your app or enough data to be constantly streaming the the internet. You would think from the advertisements that you see that everyone has got unlimited data, everyone's got all this space on their smartphone. Every everyone does not. And the ones of us who do have the data, we don't want to download another app. You know, right. some people that they, we, so you have to think of this almost like the marketing funnel, right? Of the people who do have phones, which of them have smartphones? Of the ones who have smartphones, which of them have enough data to be using them for emails and, you know, some, some people, believe it or not, this is going to knock your socks off, Sonia. <laughs> some people do use their phones for the functionality of the phone. The phone. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So when you're talking about being inclusive and you're reaching out to people on a, in a channel that is, that lends itself to, to digital, you know, you got to think about the group of people that would lean towards using their digital devices, their mobile devices as actual phones. So you're talking about calls right. and you're talking about text. You may not be talking about apps. You may not be talking about emails as much. So when you're, when you're really thinking about who is going to receive this message, yeah, you want to include everybody, especially yeah. across. It it I think it really kind of forces you to have a different to expand your thinking about what it means to be inclusive. Because I think people's default about inclusivity is race, gender. Sometimes they think about age, but I think that it's and I guess this kind of goes along the lines of marketing segmentation. It's just that we all have differences and those differences inform how we engage with the world period. And sometimes those differences impact how we engage with different forms of technology. So as we're thinking about how do we make people feel like they belong, sometimes that means acknowledging that not everybody engages with digital in the same way. So let's not force them to so let's give them additional options to engage in a way that is more conducive to their preferences and sometimes needs, I might imagine. Absolutely. Because even if you're talking back to the over 65 group for the ones that do have smartphones, do they prefer to respond to a text message or do they prefer to answer an email or you know some of the other channels that you may be you know, ushering them over to as far as brand engagement. So right. it's it's one thing as, as far as your functional capability. It's another thing when you start looking at preferences. Yeah. And that is across the board. Even I would venture to guess that there's a statistic there somewhere that could point us to across the board in every generation, 
you have a subsegment of people that just do not want to engage with certain channels would be more, you know, preferable to them to engage with other channels. So I did, um, had a call with somebody recently that I met, um, and we were, we were setting up a call to just get to know each other a little bit better. And I was like, send me your email. I'll send you a calendar invite. And she's like, actually, I don't have my email connected to my calendar and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to do it the old fashioned way. And she wrote it down in her physical calendar Mm. that works for her. So instead of me like forcing her, but this is the way I know it was just more of adjusting to this is how she operates. This is how she prefers. And let me just, um, accept that. (laughs) And we both find a way to do what works best for, um, each of us in that situation. And I think that as we start to make it to where it's never a one size fits all approach and that despite all the trends from a digital standpoint, there are still very much people who are like, I prefer to do it this way. Yeah. And you might find that those might be some of your um, most valuable customers. Mm-hmm. They may mm-hmm. be the ones willing to engage with your brand the most, you know, and, and, and create even more of a relationship with your brand and, and a conversation with your, right. you know, with your, your reps and things like that. But, you know, if you're, if you're not communicating with them the way they prefer to be communicated with, you might miss some of that um, richness. Yeah. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Or could it be Don or John or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs in a full 360 view of every customer so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Other specific types of customers that can benefit more from text marketing than others. I'm, I'm thinking about this from an accessibility standpoint in particular. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just wondering if you've heard anything, if you've seen anything. As you were talking about um, things like passwords, I was like, oh, that could be something that is even more cumbersome. So I imagine that maybe some people who are even neurodivergent in some ways might Mm -hmm. think that this is even an easier way to engage because it doesn't require all these additional things to to be able to use and engage. Yeah. I mean, I know that, um, I know that there are some, you know, um, populations that would benefit from reading communication versus trying to hear it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I know that they have, you know, special, um, telephone devices that can, you know, convert language or, or, you know, audio into visuals for, for those groups, but texting could be a good option as well for, for those groups. Um, and then yes, to your point of not having to deal with so much of account creation and password management, things like that, there will be groups of people where that would be more appropriate. 
another group I think is interesting are, are people who are likely to want to engage in social formalities. So um, I'm not going to to pinpoint any specific group. There's a lot of people, you know, like what we mentioned, we find with our clients, they would prefer not to engage with like our account management is a it looks a lot different than what you might expect customer service would look like, especially back in the day. You know, you have the call center and it's like, oh right. hi, how are you doing today? What's the weather like? Some people do not want to engage in all those pleasantries. Yes. They're like, this is my issue. Can you fix it or not? Mm-hmm. Here's the fix for it. So you have chatbots that help with this, you know, you have text messaging that helps with this. So it it literally cuts through all of the salutations, all the greeting, all the social norms. And with those social norms, since we're talking about inclusivity, it can lessen the need for you to have to show up in a certain way so that right. you connect on those social norm levels with your audiences. So yeah. the demographics, the geographics is cultural. And all that happens in greetings and salutations. But if you cut all of that out, you could literally take away your need to, you know, kind of solve for those softer issues and just focus in on, you know, your reservation is, you know, are you going to be here or not? (laughs) Yeah. Here's a promotion. Here's a coupon code. Use it or not. As opposed to, well, hi. And we noticed that here it is. This is what it is. I, I like this. I think that this could be something that's very applicable for people who are learning a new language and having to talk to a live person is nerve wracking for them. Um, I think about Jonathan, sometimes he could, he would totally be all about, um, text messaging in that case. But also I was talking to, um, uh, a colleague in this space, Sabrina Meharali, and she's all about inclusive product design. And she told me about, a, an example of a grocery store, I think it was in Australia, they created quiet hours. So they opened their store, I think an hour early, and they didn't have any music overhead. They didn't have all these other social type of things that would overstimulate some people. Um, and they were surprised by the number of people who started engaging in it. So this whole social um aspect of it and giving people an option to opt out by just getting very specific and to the point with how they're communicating, how they're shopping, how they're being reminded about appointments or confirming appointments. I think that's a beautiful thing. And it, it probably empowers a number of people who are very relieved of not, not having to show up in a very specific kind of way. On both sides, right? On the customer side and on the brand side. The brand doesn't need to produce some storytelling, epic, cinematic masterpiece just to say, hey, (laughs) you know, here's a coupon. Yeah. Um, And the the recipient of that doesn't need to, you know, dig through lots of communication that may or may not be confusing, depending on the way they prefer to communicate, to figure out what piece of this do I actually need? And then what do you want me to do with it? Right. Oh, I love this. I love this. It's like my mind is being expanded, like in so many different ways, like these little explosions of, oh, 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 we're going off. Um, All right. I heard you mention customer intimacy before. We're all about customer intimacy around these parts. I just feel like it's an unfair advantage of any brand. And it's really a core component of inclusive marketing. How does text messaging help brands develop a deeper degree of intimacy with the people that they want to serve? Well, that's a that's a great question. So I think when when I think of the marketing mix, right? Mm-hmm. I like to think I have the, I paint this picture in my mind of 
the audience or the consumer that you're trying to meet living inside of their, you know, happily living inside of their bubble, their life. They're just kind of going on about their their business. And as various brands or organizations trying to communicate with them, we have different channels available to us and they are they engage with customers at a at a variety of levels as it pertains to their life, their bubble, right? So you have some more passive channels, like you might think of out of home or, you know, TV ads that are, that are actually on TV in between, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in between the, the, the ad segments. So those are more passive. If you see them, you see them. If you engage with them, you do. If you don't, you don't. It is what it is. Then you have some that are kind of uh, a little bit more, I don't want to say intrusive, but they're closer in, right? So you have your mm-hmm. social media feeds where you have like an ad pop up there. And you're just like, okay, hi. You know, so texting gets even more, even closer. So they come, you know, they're not on the outside of the bubble, not on the outside of the house looking in. You've actually asked for permission to go inside of this consumer's, you know, metaphorical house, if you will, and almost like sit right there with them at their dinner table with their family. So think of the the text messages that your audience is receiving. They're receiving messages from their spouse. They're receiving messages from their parents. They're receiving messages from their sister and brother and children and friends and families. And so you are joining this level of communication, which is, is the most intimate. You're on this device that people are taking with them to the bathroom, to yes. the bed, to the dinner table. <laughs> like, where do we go without our, without our smartphones or, or feature phones even? So you're right there with them at all times, and which is important for you to, to have the permission of the person to message them. So when you're providing any level of message that you've asked for permission to provide, by default, you're closer in than you would would be if you're just simply, not simply, it is, takes a lot of work to do an out-of-home campaign. So I'm not minimizing that, but it's, 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 it's less intimate. It's, it's more passive, right? So, um, so I think of it that way. I think of the idea of you kind of waltzing right on into someone, breaking bread with them right at their table, having a, a, a more conversation with them, which means that the messaging you send through this channel has to be, it has to be very intentional. It has to meet the requirement of that channel, right? You've asked for permission to be there. So imagine someone sitting at your dinner table <laughs> and you're like, hey, Jonathan, how was your day? Oh yeah, you know, Luna said this worked. You know, you guys are having a very intimate family conversation and there goes a brand saying 20% off. <laughs> like that would just be very, like, right. you know, you wouldn't necessarily want that. What you might want is, hey, did you know this is time to check into your flight or, you know, hey, and, and even if it is a promotion, it, that's okay. It just needs to be done in a way where, you know, it's it's relevant to something that is, that need, that you need to know real time or, Hey guys, just so you know, for the next hour, we're offering this promotion. If it's something that's evergreen or something that you can get to tomorrow, then you question yourself, does a text message that's going to be seen in real time, is that the right channel? But if it is something like, I don't know if, if you know any sneakerheads, but um, some some of these folks are, you know, willing to stand in line for hours to get these limited edition, whether it's fashion items, right. whether it's flights, you know, flight deals. Right. If it's a flight deal, you know, that's a flash sale. You might want to text someone like, hey, I know you're having dinner, but this thing is going right. to. So I think it, you, you need to make sure that you're met. The point is here is intimacy is achievable through texting because of the nature of the medium. However, just like all other marketing channels, the message has to match the medium or else you're going to get booted fairly yeah. quickly. Yeah, I can think about um, the brands who 
have my phone number and they send me messages that are, Hey, we're having a sale or Hey, it's 20% off. I just ignore them. I don't even open them. I see them. I'm aware of them, but I don't ever act on them. But when they're ones that are, like you said, to the intimacy with regards to, Oh, you need to check in for your dentist appointment. You know, here's a, another, like there's, there's other ones that are very useful, not necessarily in the importance, but they make it convenient for me or they are adding value in a very clear way. I know some people I've seen on social like to get text messages from different brands that they follow because they're like inspirational messages Mm -hmm. or things like that, that have that degree of intimacy for them. But yeah, I I really like that you're making that distinction about having to respect the medium and what people are doing with that medium and building a plan or a strategy that kind of makes sure that you're taking into account how to best use it and versus right. just, this is another way to spam people. <laughs> Which is just why marketing way. is important, right? Yeah. So as marketers, it's, it's why having, you know, a bit of strategy behind the message that you send, knowing who's on the other side of that. Is there, is this a person who prefers text messages that, you know, knowing the demographic, the, the geographic location of the person and what you intend for them to do after they receive that text message? Is it, yeah. is it uh, just something that's nice for them to know? You know, are you sending them? Because ideally when someone's that close in and building that level of intimacy, intimacy comes from, it's almost like you're thinking of the other person either at the same level or even maybe a little bit more than you're thinking of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So the airline that texts you, hey, it's time to check in, they're doing you a solid. The yeah. dentist that texts you, hey, your, your appointment is tomorrow. Make sure, you know, confront... They're they're doing you a solid. We have a um, we have a company that uh that is in the business of delivering those huge five gallon you know water bottles, and they deliver them to businesses. But specifically for their residential clients, they they text them and say, "Hey, do you need a delivery tomorrow? We're going to be out in your area." So it's helpful for the company and for the customer to have it because you don't want someone showing up at your door trying to sell you right. water that you don't need, but you also right. want to make sure if you need two and they only brought one. So it's, it's the intimacy is there because they've, they're having an ongoing conversation, you know, with their customers, as opposed to just assuming that because you signed up for this service, you're going to need the same thing every time. And that's, to me, that's a really great example of how to, to use it. And they, they could potentially use it for also for promotions, you know, Mm -hmm. buy two of these and get this one and so on and so forth, but they've built the intimacy by depositing into the relationship jar. So when they decide to, you know, maybe promote, like you, we all look peer to peer texting and app to peer, which is what we're talking about. Texting is, is it's different, but the principles are the same. So you yes. might have a friend that texts you or call you or your relationship with them is great. And then if they do something that's not quite that great, as long as they've deposited enough mm-hmm. in the relationship bank account, if you will, when they do something that's a little bit like, huh, I didn't expect that there's enough there for you to continue the relationship, right? Yes. As opposed to if off the bat, you give some, you meet a, someone at a conference and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And then they start saying, well, hey, Sonia. And then all, yeah. like all of the things that you don't yeah. want from me. You, uh, and that's peer to peer. So if you think of it that way as a brand, an app, if you will, even though, as I mentioned before, it's not quite an app, but we call it an app to peer as opposed to peer to peer, the business to um, consumer texting. If you think of it that way, how texting is used to build intimacy in your personal relationships, you can actually use it in that same way to build customer relationships. Absolutely. 
So I think you, you kind of answered a little bit here with what you were just talking about, but I view inclusive marketing and customer experience as inseparable twins. Do you have any other thoughts on how brands can use text marketing specifically to deliver a better experience to a broader group of customers, keeping in mind that so many of them have so many differences? Well, yeah, I, I think the, the analogy that I like to use is like, you know, you wouldn't drive a bicycle on the highway and you wouldn't drive a semi-truck in the bicycle lane, right? So right. you you want to make sure you're using the medium in the right way. Um, and I think that if you're if you're doing that, then it's it will include as many people because inclusion, to your point, is not always about demographics. Sometimes right. it's about giving people the option to engage in a way that they prefer. And not assuming that just because they have the ability, the functional ability to engage in the way that you ask them to engage, that that's their preference. So I do think that the experience of receiving a text message that is, and we can talk about the proper anatomy of a text message, but you know, that, that, is, that has the, the right message, has the, I won't say right, I'll say optimal, that has right. the optimal message that is cognizant of where the recipient is along the journey of whatever it is that you're trying to do, whether it's reservations and notifications, whether it's customer service, whether it's promotions, you know, that you're cognizant of where are they? Are they just learning about my service? Are are they a customer that I've had for years? You know, not just sending generic information, mm-hmm. but these this is marketing one-on-one, right? This is you you want to target and and make sure that the message that you're sending in the channel is appropriate for the channel, right? Which will increase the customer experience. You want to use texting as part of an overall marketing campaign, not just a one-off if you can help it. You know, the experience would be helpful to make sure that you're sending the recipient of the message to some sort of, you know, call to action. You're asking them to do something and it's clear whether it's to respond with a yes or no, I'm coming Mm -hmm. to my appointment, whether it's to click on a a URL to be, you know, served up some sort of experience. I think that's all part of it. Just making sure that the text in and of itself is a means to an end. It's not the communication itself. It's not an advertisement. It's not, it's not a banner ad. You know what I mean? It, it is, it's a, it's a, a, almost like a portal to get them to where you want them to go and where right. they ultimately should want to go. Right. Absolutely. This has been so good. Um, any recommendations for people who want to start dipping their toes in the text marketing waters and how they should get started and how they should be thinking about that from an inclusivity standpoint? Yeah. So for one, I would just, I would, I would um, encourage people who are looking to start a texting program to not be intimidated, right? It can feel a little bit, I've heard some people say it feels a little bit icky as a brand to be texting people. And I think what, what I, what I interpret when I hear that is, I'm getting too close in. I don't have the permission to be that close. I don't want to erode my brand equity or my organization's credibility by being that close. But just remember that if you're providing people information that they actually do want, texting is, is, a, is a great channel. You know, right. it's, it's great for real-time communication. It's great for people who do not read their email, even though they have it. Right. It's great for folks who, you know, do not have smartphones. You know, so there are populations out there who would be much more, you know, likely to engage with text versus like if you were to ask them, do you want to download an app 
you know, do you want to log in to some portal or, or do you want to receive a text message? So, so thinking of it in the way of, of how people are engaging with your communications and, and what those communications are meant to have them do. I would say, ultimately, to think through texting as a business or organization in a very similar way as you think through peer-to-peer texting. Some of the principles that we, um, that we work with our clients on are trying to, to craft the, uh, the perfect text message, right? So right. you want to make sure you identify yourself. So these are just some very tactical things. So if, you, if you start a text messaging program, make sure you do these things. You want to identify yourself in the message. Hi, it's Bianca. Yeah. Or Bianca, colon, or Bianca from Clicker, that kind right. of thing. You want to make sure that you welcome people if it's the first time you've sent a message to them. You know, thanks for signing up. Something, something short and sweet, but just kind of jogging their memory. You want to send your message. You want to provide a call to action. Click this link. Call me back. You know, respond with this uh, response. To let me know you're going to do whatever the thing is that I'm asking you to do. And you want to provide them with the opportunity to opt out. So those are sort of four different ways of, of structuring, four different pieces of the, the structure of, a, of an optimal text message. You also want to make sure that you're getting opt-ins. And there's some gray area here, right? Because there's what's required and then there's what is optimal to make sure that people are aware that they're mm-hmm. opting in. You know, So mm-hmm. you want them to opt in to receiving messages from your brand, from the phone number, that you'll be sending them from at the cadence that you will be sending them about the topic that you'll be sending. So it's four things that they're opting into. And, you know, yes, it's nice to have just a checkbox, et cetera. But if people are really, if they understand what they're opting into, they're much less, they're less likely to opt out of it later. Because they're like, oh, yes, I did say that she could text me about this thing. Uh Let me see what it is that, that, that she's talking about. Let me click on this link. They're just much more engaged. So I think those two things are just the, the, the main tips for getting started. If you are mindful of the anatomy of your message and include those four pieces, and if you're mindful of how your opt-ins are, are captured and you kind of include those four pieces of, of opting in, your ability to create intimacy with the recipients of your text message shoots way up. Yeah. Intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. And I, I can't, I mean, I know this is something that I talk a lot about within my programs. Um, it's it's a important, it's a core part of the framework for building an inclusive brand. And I, I'm just struck by what you said. Brands are like, I don't know if I want to be so close, but I'm like, if we imagine or think of the people that we're serving, like our friends, we shouldn't be scared to have a deeper degree of intimacy with our friends. Mm-hmm. It's part of the natural progression of the relationship as you nurture it, as you get to know each other, as you spend time together. And I think we should take that same approach with our customers. The more we treat them like friends, the easier it'll be, as you said before, to consider them in mm-hmm. different ways that will help you deliver a better experience overall, which will deepen your relationship, which will add more value to them. And it just deepens the relationship of overall and everybody wins when you do it that way. So I'm, I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced. Bianca, this has been super enlightening. Thank you so much for stopping by, for sharing your wisdom, and, and just for opening our, our eyes to a completely different way of thinking about text messaging and also a completely different way to think about inclusion and how they all work together. 
Absolutely. And thank you for having me and all you do to help us think, you know, more outside of the box to make sure that as we're crafting our messages and as we're going about our businesses, that we're thinking about how to make sure we're including as many people as possible, if not Absolutely. So, well, real yeah. quick. Also, where can people find you and more information about Clicker? Yeah. So we're available at clicker.com. Clicker is spelled with a K. So K-L-I-C-K-R-R. I'll spell that one more time. It's K-L-I-C-K-R-R. So if you go to clicker.com, you can learn more about our, our texting platform, our software development capabilities and marketing capabilities, as well as sign up for an account and, and get started. It's fairly easy to use. So if you're interested in that, it's there for you. If you want to get in contact with us to learn more, it's there for you as well. K-L-I-C-K-R-R. I had to spell it 10 times because in true tech company fashion, we've spelled it, you know, in a unique way. So it's K-L-I-C-K-R-R, clicker. And I will have that in the show notes so people can even, even more easily just click, click the link and they'll go straight to it. There you go. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bianca had so many wonderful things to share. And as I reflect on our chat, it really just takes me back to the notion that customer experience and inclusive marketing are inseparable twins. They go hand in hand. So with both of these in mind, take some time to reevaluate your customer experience, particularly through the lens of each of the types of customers you serve. That'll help you figure out where you might need to make some adjustments to ensure the experience you deliver works for them all. That's it for today's show. If you need help getting started building an inclusive brand, go ahead and grab my inclusive marketing starter kit. You can find it at inclusivemarketing.co slash starter kit. And if you like this episode, I would so appreciate it if you'd share it with a friend and even rate and review it in your podcast app of choice. It'll help get the word out so others can get going delivering inclusive experiences. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to make sure more people feel like they do. Somebody's waiting on you. Thanks for listening.